She's laughing over here, people. I'm just excited. Uh, and she's back on the mic. Hi. Miriam Tazi. How's it going, Malcolm? Is in the house. Oh, I am, and you are too. Fresh off a hiatus. Yeah. Uh, we took a little vacay. <laughs> just a short one. <laughs> I don't even know how long it's been. It's been a minute, you know? I know. I forgot how to do this. I don't even know how to do this. Let me, let me, let me pipe this down a little bit, people, and welcome another episode of American Riddle. Mm, let me let this play. Yeah, that's good. We thought we'd come back strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's, she's feeling it, man. Whenever when, when the African with attitude is feeling a beat, I know I'm on the right path. Huh? It's true, yeah. Cause, it's, it's rare. <laughs> cause, cause, it's yeah. rare for me. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you people, for those of you just tuning in, this is probably your first listen. You have to understand, Mariam Tazi was born with hate. <laughs> she is known as the African with attitude. And uh, yeah, she's got she, she's a hater. She looks at everything through the lens of hate. Wow. Right? That's not a really good intro. Is it? Is it? Is well, it in true? a good way. You just question everything. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm critical. Yep. I'm critical, yes. Yeah. And I you don't like high whack, standards. You don't like whack stuff. I like good shit. Yeah, you think <laughs> I like right. good shit. She likes good shit. <laughs> so that's what's up, people. Yes. So after a year, a little bit over a year off. Wow. We've decided to make our uh, return. I don't know how, tri- I was going to say triumphant, but I don't know how triumphant. Hopefully this is recording, but here we are. So we're, <laughs> we thought we'd come back. And uh, It's good to be back. How do you, you know, feel? I'm all right. I'm a little good. nervous. Got the, don't worry. Know. It'll come back. You'll get, you'll get in the flow. It's been a minute. Even oh. just talking into a microphone, I have to remember that there's something in front of my face. Yeah. You know, like, I just... <laughs> All right, I'm not even going to go there, but yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I'm going to be on good behavior this I'm episode. Sorry. So what we have today, what we have in store today is just to take you, just to get everyone caught up because some people, it may, you know, might be their first time tuning mm. in, yep. you know, yep. some of the old listeners may have, uh, you know, deleted it from their, from their, you know, their, their, their podcast. App. Yeah. So we're going to get, get you guys all caught up. Um, but yeah, I guess some people might be wondering why. You know why we took off? Why the podcast? You know, sometimes you just got to take a take a step back. Mm. It's not like I wasn't feeling creative. It's not like I, I wasn't motivated. It's, it's definitely not like I didn't have anything to say. <laughs> I would, <laughs> you always have something to say. <laughs> that's for sure. Okay, go on. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. She knows me well. I I do. I always have something to say. Some, as you say, what do you say? Some comment. Yeah, always a comment. Yeah, I'm probably the critiquer, but yeah, you always have commentary on things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But just a, um, I don't know. Uh, I just, I couldn't find the right spot, and then I just, I just wanted to be quiet for a little while, as far as you know, putting stuff out there on the internet. I mean, there's enough stuff out there, no, right? There's a lot. It's overwhelming. It right? is. Yeah. And don't even go into the comments. 
Well, know, that's a whole other. If you see a, if you see a, if you see something online and and someone and even if it's dope, but don't even look into the comments. If you go on YouTube and see a you know a dope lecture from KRS One or Ice T or or any of your favorite favorite MCs or or shows or whatever it is you're looking at, if you decide to take a dive into the comments, you're you're done. It can be a black hole. Oh, that's a, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Well, but. Over the past year, uh, you know, I've been busy. I've been busy, you know, submerging myself into uh, the arts and hip hop. And yes, you have bouncing around. You know, I'm here. I'm there. You're pretty much everywhere most of the time. Mm. You, at least you mm. try to be. Mm. I try. Yeah, it's 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 it has its challenges. There's no doubt. But uh, of course, I've been uh, you know been on board with uh, Chuck D's. Uh, mad urgency mm-hmm. which is uh very exciting yeah it's taking it's taking form like we've got things moving we've got people motivated we have people inspired and for those of you tuning in you may not know what, what what's mad urgency yeah, you know you chuck d explain that a little bit huh you should probably explain that a little bit we are because we do have a guest that's coming on and we're going to break it down and uh let's man let's just let's just cut right to it there you go let's get them on the blower we got uh <laughs> What's so funny? She's lower. Yeah, the horn. How's that one? <laughs> okay. You like that one? It's fine. All right, let's get them on. Because we don't do any edits here, people. We just keep it recording. We keep it going, and that is what it is. So if, if things seem to be on the fly or if I'm fiddling around, it's because I don't have an engineer. And if you've listened to any of my old podcasts, you know I complain a lot about not having a what? An engineer. No engineer. No engineering skills. Oh, please. You I've... managed so we're gonna get uh, the guy, the gentleman, the man I call Grandmaster, Grandmaster Katz on the phone, aka Andy Katz. Everyone calls him uh, Andy, I, th- I, I believe, right? Yeah, I call him Andy. <laughs> yeah, everyone calls him Andy. I, I call him Grandmaster. Yes, you do. <laughs> he's got he's got the illest skills of, uh, of of being an illustrator and and, yeah. and drawing and Very everything talented. else in between. So we're gonna get him on the blower right now. Hello. Grandmaster Katz. Chairman Malcolm Riddle. How you doing? <laughs> so I got uh, the African with Attitude. She's Hi. she's in studio. Hi, Andy. All right. Hey, Miriam. How you doing? Good, good. Good. You guys can hear each other pretty good? Yeah, perfectly. Yep. Everything's clear. Good. All right. Because, you know, I just explained to the audience that this podcast sees no edits. You know, we don't backtrack. We don't backpedal. We just hit record and let the chips fall where they may, as you recall. I do. Yeah. What's happening, man? You just getting up? No, no. I've been <laughs> up and about. I'm, I've been busy. Everything's good. So, yeah, we were talking about, we, we just did a brief intro. Uh, I'm, I've got a little bit of ring rust. Been off for a year as far as the podcast, but uh, I've been motivated and inspired uh, by the Mad Urgency crew uh, that um, that I've been working with you and and. and a group of other very talented individuals all over the world, and we were gonna. Uh, you guys have inspired me to get back and uh, create something as well. Although I don't, you know, I don't have the gift of using, uh, you know, using the, the stroke of a brush like you guys. But um, you know, I got a couple things to say. You know, here and there. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's that's why they. Uh, that's why Chuck um, selected you. He, uh, I think he, he sort of noticed that. Um, 
you know, we were we were this group that had all these artists, but we needed some kind of something to, to galvanize the team and and bring us all. Uh, I guess a somebody who could um, say the word and promote and and uh, and get the word out without being, um, I guess, too self-serving. Where it's uh, you know one artist speaking louder than others or something like that. We are a team, and it's great to have a leader so that we can we can kind of follow your lead. Mm. Yeah, I like I like that. You hear the way he just yeah, he called you a leader. I'm like, who is this person? <laughs> who is he describing? Sweet. You know the the funny oh, thing sweet. is when when um, when Andy when we're out and about, <clears throat> we um, Andy will introduce you know me to people, mm-hmm. and he'll say. Chuck D hand selected. The way then, that's an honor. Yeah, I'm but always. It's, but it's true. You know, I'm not making it up. It's that happened. There you go. <laughs> You're just speaking the truth. So yeah. So so tell me about uh, just give you know for those that aren't familiar with Mad Urgency and your relationship, you know, with the team and Chuck D. Why don't you uh, you know give us a brief uh, breakdown? Well, the whole thing is 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 an evolution really it's uh it's an idea out of chuck's brain and he's got he's always got a lot of ideas of of how to promote hip-hop and how to kind of keep it fresh and keep it going and he and i think more and more people realize this now but he's an artist himself he's a visual artist himself i'm not just saying he's a hip-hop artist we all know that but his uh his roots are actually in in uh, the fine arts, he was a renderer at uh, Delphi University, and he uh, was, you know, kind of on the the track to to work in the world of architecture and drawing buildings and plans. And um, when he when he went the hip hop direction, he didn't completely leave the rendering behind. And now, in in recent year, he he uh, traveled the world with Prophets of Rage and. Uh, was drawing the whole time. He was kind of doing these uh, drawings of his bandmates and the crowds and the events surrounding the different shows. But he would also go out into the city, whatever city he was in, and he would draw the buildings and the stained glass and the interiors of churches and different kinds of things. And I think it blew people's minds because they're like, this is Chuck D, the rapper, right? (laughs) And he was doing these amazing, fresh, um, really... A wonderful a watercolor and mixed media pieces that were uh, filling his sketchbooks and and um, he, there's a um, one of his um, the people that he's tapped is uh, Kate Kelton out in California and she is uh, sort of a point person for him and that she's putting his visual art out into the world as one of his agents. And uh, she's tied in with Mad Urgency as well. Yeah. He's a working artist. She's a she's, answer, she's a notorious yeah, uh, notorious hustler too, man. I mean, she in in the best sense of the word, meaning she she markets and promotes and uh, definitely drives for results when it comes to um, um, uh, you know the 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 promotion and the selling of of those pieces. I mean, she's up <clears throat> from sun up to sun down because I know this because I'm on um, Twitter pretty hard and i'll see what she's doing on all the the social media platforms so she's she's relentless in her pursuit to um um you know promote artists you know in a whole yeah and i think that's what that's kind of where i was heading with with what i was talking about is that he he's deliberately 
put people in these positions. Like, it's not an accident he picked you. It's not an accident he picked Kate to, uh, you know, because he, uh, he seems to recognize these talents in people. And then uh, he's put us all together in this group called Mad Urgency, which is uh, a visual arts community of artists that are there to serve the hip-hop community and to perpetuate uh, flyers and album uh, art and to generate new work that, that uh, is, is somewhere where an up-and-coming hip-hop artist or a classic hip-hop artist can go when they need graphics or they need an illustration or an animation or a 3D design. And it's what's really pretty amazing is that he has carefully selected people all over the planet, really, that, that serve each one of those niches. Uh, you know, there's, there's watercolor artists like myself, and then there's people that are working uh, digitally. There's people that are working on 3D animations. And so it really does, uh, if you come to us for artwork, we're going to send you to one of those artists to uh, to really, uh, I guess, fulfill your needs or whatever you whatever you're envisioning for your project, and it just so happens that it's sort of centered around hip hop. <clears throat> yeah, it's 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 dope because I mean it, Chuck, you know, he he used a lot of the those artists, the artists from Mad Urgency, and uh, people he's had relationships with uh, for his book uh, and for videos. Mm-hmm for profits of rage you could probably speak on that yeah it was i mean it's really pretty special when he'll put the word out and recently they put the word out to the to the public uh that they wanted to have a video for one of their songs that was just filled with with uh art from from fans and from people all over the world and that's exactly what they did people who sent in their work could then see the world premiere of the video on youtube or somewhere else and they would see their art in this uh, sort of barrage of, of visual images. So even the people that make his videos, I know uh, David Snyder, he goes by C-Doc. He's uh, been in charge of doing um, a lot of Public Enemy videos and Prophets of Rage videos. So much like myself, he was somebody who crossed paths with Chuck. And Chuck said, hey, I recognize that you're, you're passionate about this. You do this. Can you do it for us now? And I think uh, C-Doc was a lot like me and and that he's he's sort of a fan first and was sort of blown away by the idea. And then, you know, now we're all sort of working side by side, even though we're not uh, in the same state or the same zip code, we're, we're all sort of part of the same, the same team. Yeah. I mean, right to that point recently, Prophets of Rage uh, released a new single, uh, Heart of Fire. And, uh, Chuck reached out to the team uh, to come up with art for that single, and uh, I recently, just by chance, recently uh, connected with a team called Rock Boys, uh, based out of uh, husband and wife duo, I believe, husband and wife. Um, uh, they are out of uh, Japan and Miami. I guess they they have residents in both both places. But the point is, they were able to turn it around in a very very short window because sometimes um you know uh, chuck works on you know a, a very uh, limited timeline to t- produce and turn stuff around and that was the case with this project and they turned it around uh and it got selected and if you go to itunes if you go online if you go to the social media platforms for that single that's a mad urgency um 
you know piece that's up there uh, that got selected. Um, so it's uh, you know it's exciting when stuff like that happens. Something that that I'd I'd, I'd like to see is us to you know keep building the portfolio, build that resume, have that uh, you know that that cosign from Chuck, and then be able to be into a larger conversation with other uh, studios. Uh, media outlets, uh, film and production, uh, on up to, um, um, you know, in hip hop and beyond to have those conversations to, to, and that, that, you know, have that, um, marketing budget, uh, you know, for our work. And, you know, I've been working relentlessly, uh, to connect with people, whether it's in the DC, Maryland, Virginia area, but also beyond that, using social media to connect with a lot of these artists and decision makers. Yeah, I mean it's been it's been inspiring uh, to see once you sort of took the reins to see how you've grown that urgency into um, this multinational <laughs> uh, group of, of, of working artists. Because yeah, it's you know it's easy when you're in the same neighborhood to talk to someone about it but you know it, it does take some work to to connect with people in the uk or in japan or uh australia damien is damien vandermeer is in australia so we have people on the other side of the planet that are part of this and uh you know with the with social media and the internet obviously it's made much easier but we just want great art to emerge and and to see the not only the light of day but to be a part of this culture that you care so much about. Yep. And, you know, speaking on, on how we connect with people, one of the ways that you and I uh, have been able to, uh, you know, build the brand, talk about uh, mad urgency and the artists um, is by showing up at these events that uh, happen right here in the Maryland, uh, Virginia, uh, DC, DC area. Uh, you, uh, we joke around that, it's funny how the Kennedy Center has now become, you know, kind of our hub of uh, of a meeting place. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, right. No, that's it's, awesome. It's the fact that like now the Kennedy Center has all these like hip hop shows and all of these things that are like flourishing, and uh, it's not before it was thought of as you know the ballet and all of that, and it's just I feel like it's great that they've expanded their horizons and. Um, ex- the exposure is uh, on a grander scale, and I think for DC that's great. So I'm very happy that that's happening. It's a great, it's a great change. I, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's all because they they had some vision, and when they named Q-Tip, oh the, yeah, uh, creative Q-Tip has all everything to do with it. <laughs> everything to do with it. Yeah. yeah, and so I he was very sort of uh, uh, clear and and transparent about how he's going to kick the door down because they kind of felt like hip-hop hadn't been acknowledged by the kennedy center Mm -hmm. uh at all and then all of us and they're like well if we're invited now let's show you what we want to show you and they've they've had kind of a non-stop schedule of of really cool events um the one that we uh, saw where it was cool modi and roxanne chante and grandmaster kaz all under that was you know, insane. The same roof, yeah, and and uh, and you know, I know uh, Q-Tip has performed with with uh, Jason Moran, and uh, I was able to see that show. That was great, uh, but it, it doesn't stop. There's something coming up with MC Light, and I think Queen Latifah is going to be there. Oh, what? 
Yeah. So, yeah. so <laughs> what? I love that. I love that they're committed to this. Yeah. And 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 Q Tip is seems to be. He's a little bit of like the Wizard of Oz because you don't see him much. No, you know he's there. he's a unicorn. He's a unicorn. <laughs> We've said this. Yeah, he's behind the. He's pulling all the strings and yeah. all the levers, and it seems to be working because mm-hmm. when when the word comes out of the Kennedy Center that these events are happening, they're they're definitely catering to a different a different clientele than they had previously. And in the council, I mean, if you look at the council, uh, the members, uh, you know, they they they. they help with this event or, or every event. I mean, you got quest love, you've got, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Bobito common, you got fab five, Freddy, uh, grandmaster Kaz. I mean, you know, we've met all of them. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're getting their, they're getting their recognition finally. And it, yeah. you know, I know that the things have happened with the rock and roll hall of fame and there's always talk of hip hop hall of fame and hip hop museums and things like that. But this is a, an established, um, uh, uh, institution and and now it seems like after a long wait some of these guys like the Kazes of the world they're are getting, getting their due getting their recognition yeah, yeah they're due, yeah. and it's important and 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 one of those one of those um uh, uh men uh, that we haven't mentioned is one that, event we went to the other day which was for to celebrate uh, uh cool DJ red alerts 35 years on radio and we went to uh, we met him up at Decades uh, nightclub in in DC, right? Yeah, it was a day event. It was uh, I didn't know what to expect. I was kind of I was kind of glad it was a day event. Yeah, you yeah. <laughs> <like, laughs> a decent hour. Yeah. and uh, it was it's nice to walk in there at two in the afternoon and great. and uh, and hear some some classic hip hop and and see uh, and see DJ Red Alert um, spinning and. Um, you know, just sounding versus Daisy, really. Yeah, no, it was dope. Uh, it, you know, I, I I got a chance to go up. We we'd met him before at uh, the Kennedy Center, uh, but we didn't get it get a, a chance to really chop it up because so much was going on at that event backstage. But this time, you know, we got to connect. Uh, we got to talk. It was surreal. It was surreal for me because when I walked, you got there before me. So when 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 I arrived, it was almost like everything was was in play and you know he came in the room and it was like he was expecting you know what i mean he was, he was like whoa and you know just to chop it up with red alert i mean it's anyone that that, that has followed him i told him specifically i said i said look i mean you know I, I thanked him uh you know for everything that he's done uh and continues to do for hip-hop culture but you're talking about a teenage malcolm riddle that you inspired when i was living in flint michigan growing up in flint michigan and uh, I told him this. I was like, "Yo, I was like, I was like, we would sit on my grandmother's porch and just just imagine, you know, what the next mix is going to be, what the next song's going to be, what you're doing, or how how you did this, that, and the other." So I mean, we would we would just get these tapes, and then we would just sit and just have debate after debate <laughs> after debate on on all this stuff because there was no internet, of course. You know, back in- well, now you know that's the other thing is that because of the time and in the eighties, uh, wherever you were, if you could if you could hear that, they were really broadcasting uh, uh, their neighborhood. They were broadcasting their culture from New York, and you you had no choice but to kind of imagine. Uh, it wasn't like you were able to go there at the drop of a hat, and it wasn't 
like you could see it because there was no internet and it wasn't necessarily on TV yet. So to hear hear these songs and everything seemed to be coming from the same place too. You know, it was all yeah. it was very New York at the time. It was amazing. And uh, you know, all the you know one thing that that was really cool that uh, on Friday was um, when I when we went back in together and uh, these these people are such great ambassadors of of the culture because. Uh, well, who we haven't mentioned is DJ B, who is a he has Fresh Radio online down in Norfolk, Virginia, and he's been friends with B uh, from from uh, with Red Alert for a while now. They've teamed up, and that was why it was called B Alert, B E E Alert. Um, and when we came back in, B's wife. Um, made it her business to go get Red Alert yeah. so she could introduce you. I mean, it was pretty cool. You walked in, and she went and got him and walked him over to you. And it was it was pretty, like you said, it was surreal, but it was also, it was just felt so good. Like, that's how it should happen, you know, where we, we were all there for sort of the same reason, to thank him and to uh, accept his, how he's an ambassador and we're, we're the audience and just for him to walk over yeah uh, to meet you was just it was it was a great moment yeah to to celebrate him but yes to get back um it's called itsfreshradio.com is where um where they can be found and uh yeah husband and wife team definitely um you know very hospitable uh and and making us feel welcome um and uh you know it's just it, it's that type of environment that I think um, the spotlight needs to needs to be on in hip hop, right? Because so too often we see the other side, you know, the flashing uh, cash uh, or throwing money away on online and just all the all the all yeah, the no. gimmicks. You There's know, what so I mean? much love in hip hop, so you got to really bring that back, and highlight that for sure. And and you know, other people um, that show that love, uh, you know, like Ma Dukes. Um, she's been very, um, very welcoming, uh, you know, when, when, whenever we've, uh, been to ev- events, her and her team, and then, um, you know, Grandmaster Kaz, his family has, has been very, uh, you know, almost like, you know, y- your uncle and aunt. Like, right. Yeah, right. You know? I mean, that's why we were backstage at the Kennedy Center is because I met Kaz's wife and she's <laughs> like, come on in, yeah. you know, <laughs> come on in and she- I went to shake her hand and say hello and nice to meet you. And she goes, "Oh, honey, I don't shake hands." Yeah, give hugs. <laughs> and she gives me this, gives me this big hug. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I yeah, mean, she, she did the know, same I, thing. It, it, yeah, we're very fortunate that the people who are charged with with representing this, especially the beginnings of this, aren't bitter and and mad and and uh, they're, they're still celebrating it and they're welcoming people into it and they want people to acknowledge it and and enjoy it. Yeah, and so much so that when was I was ba- so much so when I was backstage, I I helped myself to the chicken. <laughs> yeah, yes, you did. It was more than the chicken. You had dessert and everything. You sat down and you you got you like I think you like took a few notches out of your belt and just kind of sat oh back gosh. with your <laughs> hand down your pants. It was no, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but um, I, but I was, it was I, like Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> yeah, cats cats always does a double take when I'm back there because he'll look over. And I've got a plate, and it was surreal because I was sitting there on the couch. I'd made myself. I gotta sit down, man. I got knees, my feet. You know, I got 
very delicate feet, so I just can't be up and about all the time. So I got to sit down and relax. And I'm sitting there chowing down and chilling. And who's sitting right next to me watching me is Estesi from uh, from Houdini. That's and we're just, I got a I got a picture of it because like he's like literally six inches away, and I took a picture of his face. And it's you know we're just we're just chopping it up. So yeah, I do I I do oh. tend. <laughs> To make myself and I think I actually think that probably helps you out. Like when they look at you, like who's this guy? And yeah. then they're like, "Oh, he's eating, so he must belong." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the one who always looks kind of nervous and out of place. You always look like you're <laughs> like you're you, you've been there the whole time. Chats has a funny story. Maybe you can just just do it real quick about the uh, time we were, we went, we met uh, Cypress Hill, and I got really comfortable. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure this is on record somewhere, but we were <laughs> at the Fillmore Silver Spring, and uh, we were really lucky to get backstage for that. And uh, Malcolm had his blazer on and his pocket square and his Detroit hat, and, <laughs> and uh, and I'm trying to be all polite and careful not to step on anybody's toes. And he had his recorder, which was great. And I think again, it makes it look like you belong. So you're walking around with your recorder. We start interviewing, be real, and we're you know we're being we're keeping our distance, but you got the recorder up to him. And by the time we got to Eric Bobo, who was sitting on the couch, Malcolm just pulls up beside him on the couch, sits down and crosses his legs. And, <laughs> and he's interviewing like Bill Donahue, you know, just, <laughs> he, he was way, uh, is that too old a reference? Bill Donahue? No, uh, not to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's people are like, who's that? Who's he yeah, talking about? Yeah. Again, Google it. again, I was, uh, Look- you know, <laughs> I was yeah I've got I've got pictures up so in studio we have our monitor and I've I've actually uh, one of the things that we do when we go to those events you've talked about um, you just said the the field recorder but we we document the event so yeah. we we you know at mad urgency and 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 some of the things that Andy and I have, have been doing is doing going a little bit further than the fan part of it but also documenting what goes on you know beyond the art or the build-up before uh during and after and sometimes we record interviews we'll take pictures uh of course and um andy will will actually um you know prep and 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 work on a a piece to get it signed or signed with lyrics i think documenting that moment is uh equally as as important as uh, thanking uh, the artists for their contributions, but also documenting this specific time and period, even if it involves me having a seat and having some chicken <laughs> along the way. Yeah. Uh, but right, yeah, I've right. got I've got some pictures of the uh, the Be Real and the Cypress Hill uh, uh, meeting, and I'll post those on on Twitter at Malcolm Riddle and at Matt Urgency. Um, but, yeah, it's all it's all part of the process, and it it I think it lets. It lets the the, the uh, talent know that we're there, not only to support them and 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 to and to be fans, but because we want to build and we want to uh, perpetuate the culture. Um, mm. You know, I, uh, with Aretha Franklin just passing away, and mm. uh, I think she was she was pretty. Um, I mean, she was very well respected at all points in her career. But it's you know it's people like Fife and and MCA from the Beastie Boys. You know, we celebrate them when they when they're gone, and it's like, why don't we celebrate them while they're here still? So, mm-hmm. uh, I it you know more and more people are obviously passing away. It happens, but you know, we I, I don't think we want to wait. We want to make sure that people know about this while it's happening and while it's 
and we always say this whenever we talk, it's like, these guys are still coming around. If they're going to come around, we're going to go see them. We're going to, we're going to be there. Oh yeah. So, I mean, um, it's, it's, it's just like when we saw cool Keith, right? It was like being in someone's basement off you, U street in Washington, DC. Uh, the place yeah. was not packed. It was very intimate up close and personal, but I'm never distracted by the amount of people, because KRS-One, if you go to a KRS-One show, he, he even says, you know, he thanks the audience for taking their time out of their day because they could be anywhere else. But the fact mm-hmm. is they made the conscious choice to be in this room at this time, uh, you know, in this place. So, I mean, it, it you know, it, it, it takes some effort, but at the same time, the reward is great because, again, I tell cats all the time, this moment may not happen again. And I, I believe, you know, there are a lot of people that are dismissive about the, the culture right now or they're dismissive about the when they say the state of hip hop, whatever that means, um, or they're dismissive about, you know, what's good in hip hop. There's a lot of great things coming out. There are a lot of great albums coming out. There are a lot of great artists. I don't care if they're from the 80s or 90s or present day that are on tour doing some amazing stuff. And the fact is, uh, you know, uh, you have to be there. And people always ask me, you know, how do you meet Be Real? How do you meet Chuck D? How do you? Well, I show up. You have to show yeah. up. You you know, you you can't do it from the couch. You know, and and right. take it from me. If you get there and you show up, there's probably a couch there. So <laughs> you can you can pull up a seat. Uh, but my point is, show up. Yeah. Right. That's the first step. Yeah. Show up oh, and support them. Show up and thank them. Tell them. You know, show up. Buy a T-shirt, buy some merch, buy the album, buy the art, uh, support uh, the art. And when you do get in front of the artist, you thank them. I mean, there's, there's not much more to say. It's, it's, it, it goes beyond, of course, the, the excitement and getting, a, getting a, a selfie or something like that and throwing your phone up in their face. No, watch the show. Enjoy the show. If you can document that moment somehow, do so. But uh, show up at these events. And uh, support these artists, you know, whatever the level is. Yeah, without a doubt. And I, I think it, I think we've said this before. It'd be the easiest thing in the world to to not go and to just go. Well, you know, I'll, I'll catch them next time around. But you know, it, it's. I feel like we're we're. I think we're trying to be ambassadors too. You know, we're the ambassador of the fan and somebody who's. Uh, who really wants to make it clear that we appreciate them coming down. I mean, I, I love that we live as close to D.C. as we do because it's not difficult to, to hop on Route 50 and drive down there and, and, and be there within an hour. And we have so many opportunities that not everybody else does. So for us to kind of take this for granted, uh, it kind of keeps me inspired to, to not take it for granted and to get down there and, act and to to be in the moment yeah and and speaking of speaking of art and and showing up you have a uh, uh art show coming up yeah i i i was really uh, uh excited about what happened in may i had this um really rare opportunity to fill a, a large gallery in, in dc called the blind wino and uh as a result i I had a lot of my work prepped and framed and, and labeled and wired for hanging. And um, now I'm going to have a local show near where I live on Kent Island in Maryland. And 
it's a it's it's a it's a little space. It's not the blind wino. It's not a big space. It's a converted house. It's a little little old place. But um, I'm kind of putting my money where my mouth is because there's no hip hop over here, <laughs> and, and so I am trying to make a make some positive waves and bring hip hop to the eastern shore. And uh, I went over there earlier today, and there's a little kind of a, like a marquee out front uh, with my name on it. So I, I, while I'm not going to get my name on a marquee for performing hip hop, uh, this is That's I guess awesome. the next best thing. You're a pioneer. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're you're, 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 you're a pioneer of Ken Island. <laughs> there you, know? you go. Yeah, yeah. You're the cool. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, it's it'll be interesting. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting. But to the credit of the people who run this little federation of art, uh, they. I, I have nautical work too that would be much more in keeping with what people around here want to see, you know, crabs and boats and birds. And they said, "No, no, why don't you just do the hip hop?" That's dope. That's so really it, cool. it was it was yeah. sort of their call, and we kind of agreed that it would be fun to just throw caution to the wind and and uh, and and put this out. And you know, I I have no idea what to expect, and I'm not worried about selling anything, and I'm not worried about the number of people that show up. It's just it's just another little celebration of, of, of some of the experiences we've had. Because each one of the paintings and, and pieces really is, for me, a memory of a show or, or a meeting or an experience with one of the people that I painted. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, I'll never take it for granted that I can put my work up in a space and, and you know, let, you know let, it, let it sit there for a while. Yeah. Otherwise, it's, it's home, you know, and it's, it's in a... It's in a folder, or it's on the floor in my house. So yeah, no, it's, uh, it's this is it's, it's great. It's definitely uh, amazing to see because uh, when you go back to the Blind Wino show in in Washington D.C., I was there for the reception, and I remember specifically feeling like I was overwhelmed because I felt like I was part of the experience, and I was walking around meeting and greeting people and telling them. Uh, you know, about each piece and what happened, uh, you know, the story behind the art. And I remember I was getting like cotton mouth because before I know it, I was talking to like, you know, 12 to 15 different people and telling them the story oh, yeah. about um, the various uh, uh, pieces, uh, whether it's Rakim or whether it was, um, um, you know, us driving up to see Fife Dog uh, and, and getting, um, getting Q-Tip to sign a specific painting. Uh, so, uh, you know, w- w- with each, each piece of art there, there, there's like an intimate story. And I remember, um, um, you know, talking about, uh, you talking about, you know, your, your latest exhibit being in an area that may not know hip hop, a buddy of mine, he came up, Greg Gilmore, and he doesn't know hip hop at all. You know, he's an older gentleman. He's a, you know, he's, 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 he, you know, he, He's a good friend of mine, uh, but, you know, we're, we're, our friendship isn't through hip-hop. And, uh, you know, his piece that he, he loved the most in your collection was the Red Man piece. And he was just drawn to that piece. And at some point, I'm going to get him on the show and kind of go into, you know, what... Because he's an artist himself, and he's always appreciated your art because I would show you off whenever, you know, whenever him and I would meet. But... You know, to to go back to what you're saying, it's like you know you have to think outside the box. You have to uh, take chances and see 
what happens because chances are sometimes it's not about the the you know the monetary gain the money or anything like that it's about who you inspire and in that moment you inspired him i know you did and i see him uh a few times a week and i see him uh you know on his ipad i see him sketching i see him doing stuff and uh since then a lot more uh and 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 that's what it's about it's about that yeah that inspiration uh um and the stories behind each piece. Uh, I remember specifically a piece I was telling Miriam about, uh, and I, I don't think I've ever told you this, but I was telling Miriam, we were looking at, uh, you know, you, you see some movie here and there and you, you'll see the Mona Lisa and, and, and Mona Lisa is always depicted, you know, in film, television, beautiful piece of art. But when you see it up close, it first thing people always say, Oh, it's small. <laughs> you know, it is a beautiful piece and it does resonate and it does penetrate you. But I, I've, I've said this, I've said, you know, the way people describe the Mona Lisa, the way they describe how they feel when they see it, when they get up close and personal, that's the way I feel when I see that Fife Dog picture of yours. And like that, that right there um, penetrates me the way people describe the Mona Lisa. When I wow. see that piece on cardboard, I mean, it's... It it just it 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 goes right into my soul, and I don't know what it is about that piece. Uh, maybe it's it's part personal, my relationship with you, my relationship with Mad Urgency, our relationship with the tribe called Quest, and seeing them before Fife Fife Dog passed away. Uh, my relationship, you know, with hip hop and being back uh, more heavily involved with it. Maybe it's a collective of everything, but that specific piece is my Mona Lisa and and it's it's amazing mm-hmm. to see it when I see it hang. That's, that's a awesome, nice compliment. Man. I mean I I don't even yeah, really. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean that's that's everything I hoped for. Um and you of all people know I mean it was no accident that you could stand there and talk about each one of these pieces as if you had made them because you were there for almost every one of the the meetings and and uh and you also know that it's important to me that anybody who sees the work understands that it isn't just about me drawing someone. It is about the experience, about bringing it to a live show, bringing it uh, into the world and, and, and putting it in front of the person who's depicted. It's all of what you said. And it's so cool to hear you say it uh, back to me because it's, it's, what I'm striving for. It's the whole point. And for, you know, just for you to be moved by it is, is really special, but, but you also get it. And, and it's, 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 uh, I like that each one of the pieces can be some kind of conversation starter, uh, because they each do have a story behind them. If I just did a drawing and hung it up, it would be great. And I would be happy to do it. But most of them have these other stories attached to them. And uh, all someone has to do is ask, and then we can go off for a while. Yeah, and one of the things I want to do with the podcast, bringing it back online, is to get uh, the other members of Mad Urgency. I've talked to Mark over in the UK. Um, you know, I've talked to other members about uh, setting up conversations. So hopefully, you know, in the coming weeks, I'll be able to connect. Uh, it's drastically different time zones. But we should be able to work it out uh, where we can introduce uh, the public to Mad Urgency. That way we can um, 
you can get to know the person and the story behind the art that you see on Twitter, that you see on Instagram, that you see on Facebook. Uh, and, and, and then we'll, we'll, we'll start, um, again, start introducing them, um, you know, to a wider audience and, and providing the audio. I believe their stories are equally as important as the art uh, that they're doing. That's true. That's oh, true. yeah. And I mean, you know, I'm excited to, I, I know each one of them, uh, sort of superficially from, we've had a couple Skype sessions and I've absolutely seen their artwork and we compliment each other on our work, but it's really great when someone like Darren Holton, uh, gets an expose in his uh, local paper and he shares it with us because we get to understand that he, his story is that he's a, I think he's a, a mailman. I think they call it something different in the UK, but he, uh, uh, like a mail carrier or something like that. And, um, he is seems to be one of the nicest guys and and uh, I love his work and he was able to land the public the last public enemy album cover and to to know that his hard work really has paid off in this meaningful way I, I'm excited to hear what he has to say about that and I'm excited to hear what uh, Mark uh, uh, who runs Medina design has to say about his process and he he probably has a lot of stories because he's He's been doing this for a really long time. And Amy Cinnamon down in Miami and uh, Kevin Carmody, uh, who's uh, not far from where we are, they all have different stories about what brought them to this group. Um, Chuck sort of being the, the common denominator, but what he recognized in each person is really special. It's, it's not just somebody coming up to him and shaking his hand, but recognizing they have a passion and a talent. And uh, I'm I'm as excited as anybody to hear these other stories. Yeah, no, it's it just as am I. So we'll have that coming up. I know, um, uh, you know, later in this in this podcast or sooner, and and I guess uh, we're going to be uh, interviewing uh, the DOC, who I met um, uh, through uh, Mad Urgency. Um, of course, the DOC, uh, the famed MC. You know, from the from the late '80s and into the '90s, helped pen the Chronic uh, and his own um, uh, solo efforts. But we all we we know his story. But what I really want to do is talk to the DOC about the stuff we we haven't heard uh, about about his writing style and how he approaches it. And and again, this goes through uh, being able to connect with artists, people who support the culture. Um, that 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 we've met, um, you know, maybe not directly, but on in this case, social media, and he's he's someone that should be in every conversation about the history of hip hop, especially when it comes to West Coast and the conversation of ghostwriting. Uh, ghostwriting is not something new, yet everyone has been dissing it, especially as of late. And uh, um, people don't realize that the DOC wrote for Eazy-E. He helped write N.W.A. He helped yeah. write the Chronic album. He, he, you know, he, 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 um, uh, he, and other MCs like Big Daddy Kane. Big Daddy Kane wrote uh, Biz Markies and probably a, a bunch of other uh, 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 artists in that effort. So ghostwriting is not anything new, but I would like to. Uh, I plan on asking some questions around that. And, you know, talking more about his journey um, uh, to present day. And I think it's important to get in, 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 in those areas because so often, you know, 
you'll hear the same story recycled time and time again. So I'm looking forward to talking to him. And uh, like I said, one of the things that I've, I've tried to do with Mad Urgency is tag specific individuals that I believe should be in these historical conversations that aren't. Like you don't hear um, uh, the DOC as much as other artists. You don't hear about Hammer. You'll see me tag him. You'll see me uh, uh, tag a lot of these iconic figures that if we're not careful, other people will dictate, you know, who the leaders and the forefathers uh, are or were um, in hip hop. And not just that, the, 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 the mothers and sisters in hip hop should be uh, communicated as well. So it's important that, 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 that people that love the culture um, and support the culture um, document these conversations. And, um, and, and we have an opportunity to hear from every side uh you know an angle of hip-hop what do you think it's very true that's yeah. awesome so that's what we're working on and that's what we have coming up next catch i got you at a loss for words there yeah no i i mean i don't have anything to add it's so you're saying it you're saying it all and i um you know me i can be a long-winded so that's uh, true that's if you're true saying it all i don't need i don't need to add <laughs> my man you didn't have to agree so quickly <laughs> I, you know cats. both of you let's be let's be real <laughs> yeah yeah but th- that's what i have coming up uh, later in the broadcast but i did want to i want to thank you for your time you know we're, we're gonna we're gonna do more recaps as we did before if you guys want to uh, you know, do some research or take a stroll down memory lane. Feel free to go through the archives of the American Riddle podcast. Uh, Andy has been featured on uh, uh, a handful of them. Mm-hmm. We've done some on the road okay. um, mm-hmm. uh, after shows. We've done them and we've recapped uh, some of our experiences. And, and they're still online at AmericanRiddle.com and uh, on iTunes as well. So you can find that. Uh, you can also find Andy Katz on, uh, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, are you on Snapchat? No, I'm not on Snapchat, <laughs> but I do have a blog called catsart.blog, and I don't know if I've ever said that on your podcast before. It's um, it's uh, it's sort of a, a written version of, of of what you're doing with the podcast, where it's sort of a recap, uh, and it's an, it's my personal archive of I love it of uh, these stories, so that I don't forget any details and. Um, so things don't run together too much. So occasionally I'll sit down and I'll, I'll write it out long form. Um, they're not terribly long, but they, they do tend to try to capture all the little details of individual experiences so that, so that we don't forget. Yeah. And you, you can, uh, Andy will tweet these, uh, his blog out. Uh, Andy can be found on at AJ Cat's art. That's his Twitter handle. Uh, and I believe- yeah, that's my Instagram and Twitter handle. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so yeah, we'll we'll look forward to that. I'm gonna segue now into the um, the DLC interview uh, that we're getting ready to have. So I'll, yeah, I'll, well, I'll- good luck with that. And uh, also, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, the uh, Wu Tang show in November. There's a cool Keith show at the Howard Theater coming up. Um, uh, there's a brand Nubian show coming up. So. We have some adventures uh, coming up here soon. So thanks for having me on, though. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing the DOC. The man the man I call Grandmaster. <laughs> Cats, everyone. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Yep. Bye, Andy. All right. Bye. See you. That was good, huh? 
Oh, he's always great. Yes. He, he always has a lot to say. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's good. Okay, I think we're good. Yeah? Yeah. I think I'm just going to like it. Let it bleed into DLC with the phone, blah, 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 when he calls in. Okay. So, we're good. Good job. <laughs> Hello? Yeah, this is Doc. Doc, what's up? It's Malcolm. What's up, Malcolm? How you doing? I'm on pretty good, brother. I'm like doing well. You can hear me okay? Yeah, I hear you. Good, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm up in recording. Um, first, you know, we'll just jump right into it, but I want to appreciate, I, I appreciate you, uh, you know, carving out some time and uh, giving us a call. Um, I know you and I have been exchanging uh, tweets and, uh, uh, you know, you've been a, uh, you know, a big supporter as far as retweeting and, um, uh, you know, spreading the message on Twitter about Mad Urgency, uh, Chuck D's group of uh, world illustrators. So I, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time out. Well, the pleasure's all mine, man. I'm a, I'm a huge supporter of, of anything that Chuck is, is connected to because I believe in yeah, yeah. I've I've been working with just to give you a little bit of background of uh you know of what of my role with Mad Urgency. So I'm I oversee the operation uh as its administrator of, of global illustrator. So what Chuck does, as you know, Chuck uh from Public Enemy and Prophets of Rage, he's always on tour, he's all over the world. And his passion, his background outside of hip hop is art. And he has a, a team. He's a, a team of illustrators um, that we are growing, uh, you know, throughout the world. I've got uh, illustrators in the UK, Australia, uh, Canada, the U.S., of course, Japan, um, uh, and, and growing. And so, what we've been doing, of course, and and you've seen on Twitter is is promoting hip-hop culture and the arts uh, of, of all backgrounds. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I was talking earlier, I had a guest on before uh, you called in, uh, one of uh, one of our members, Andy Katz, we were talking earlier, and I was telling him that my strategy is to include people who I grew up and I admired, like yourself, but also include the people who I feel uh, should be um, a, a part of everyday historical conversations in hip-hop and too often we see artists um, whose story they they may hit on um, but the focus isn't there therefore I think that it's it's very important for us not just as fans but if we have especially today with today's technology uh, I think that if, if we educate you know our peers and the youth I think that if we educate them right then our stories can be told accurately and one of the things I see, especially with the the explosion, um, I'm a I'm a I grew up in the '80s, so I I, I grew up you know '70s and '80s, and you know the first time I heard your music, um, that that was it. It was it was a done deal, and you've heard this from countless people that that's interviewed you. I think you know how we feel about you, and 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 your contribution to hip hop. But just so I get it off my chest, when you came out. 
me and my boys in Flint, Michigan, we'd be sitting on the south side of Flint, chopping it up at my grandmother's house, and we we would talk about you as that next dude, that Rakim, um, that's going to carry that banner, that that baton, to the next level. And 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 you did, and 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 God bless you um, for 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 your contributions then. And now, and and you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna use this podcast to tell the the DOC story because that's already been documented. You've done countless interviews. There are some areas where I want to get into um, that that people don't hit on about your story. Um, but that's that's how I am, and that's my passion I have for you for uh, you know for you and your contributions. You know, as a kid growing up in Flint, Michigan, you know, circa 1988, 89. That's cool as fuck. You know, one of my MC Breed is probably my closest friend in this world. And uh, so I spent a lot of time in Flint. You know, I'm, I'm an honorary president at home. Yeah, yeah, Flintstones. I it, that's one of the one of the things I wanted to talk to you about um, is about the importance of relationships in hip hop. Uh, you know, a lot of times when people think about the DLC, they, they automatically think about, of course, Eazy-E, N.W.A., and Dr. Dre. Uh, but again, MC Breed is one of those cats that um, that a lot of people, uh, you know, don't talk about or put put up there with some of the greatest MCs to come out of um, hip-hop uh, in Michigan, you know, in, in the same con- conversation. Um I was talking about with someone uh, recently about that is that, you know, the difference between Michigan, Flint, Michigan, and let's say Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn and New York was much bigger playing field. I was like, Flint was very, it was confined. And the fact that in the eighties, the opportunities just weren't there. You had, you, I mean, with crack, in the just the the emergence of crack in the in the eighties and leading into the nineties, it was challenging for local MCs to navigate those waters, and not just MCs. Just I've seen a lot of just good family kids destroyed by yeah. that opportunity um, that was right there. Could you go get to a studio, or could you get an OZ? Could you get to the studio, or could someone front you? You know, uh, you know, half a key. It was very accessible, and and that I think you didn't get to see all the artists that should have come out of places like Flint and Detroit. What do you think? I mean, that's probably true. Uh, all over the United States, bro. You know, it's just it, it, there are things. It was, it's just it, it's just sort of a scourge. <laughs> And it's amazing how, how how much we glorify it, and you know, uh, we're co- coming from the early uh, late eighties, uh, early nineties, where it was this shit to be the dope man. Yeah. Um, to today, when it's kind of to be a dope queen, it, it's just all bad, you know, and. You know, you can't grow a positive community that's enveloped in drugs. It's just, it's just an impossibility. You can't exist, you know, because you, you're not in your right mind as a human being when you're on drugs. And if, and if your job is to sell drugs, you're kind, kind of a, you're kind of the guy that's killing motherfuckers, you know, so it's, it's a really fine line, man. 
too too heavy, but um, it's you know it's, it's a tough it's, it's a tough deal. Yeah, it it is, and and you know I was talking to a a friend of mine, and I was educating my son recently. My son is sixteen years old now, and. I was talking to him about the 80s and the crap, crack, uh, crack epidemic and, and just black-on-black violence, uh, how people just automatically point the finger that it exists and it started where it's at now. And I'm like, no. I was like, black people in the hood, they in their communities, I don't care if it's Flint or Compton, it didn't start out. Black people didn't just start out wanting to sell crack or wanting to do harm, inflict pain on each other. I was like, we don't wake up and just do that. That's something that's was that was orchestrated. It was designed, and those were the those. Some of that stuff was right there. If you go into any hood, you see on every other every other corner a liquor store. What's accessible? Is it the library? Are there studios, gymnasiums? What's accessible in your neighborhood? That's where you're going to gravitate towards. Sure. I mean, if they want that money, yeah, they're not gonna, you're not gonna be able to keep them from getting at that money. Now, my uh, what bothers me about it is, hey, he said if you're gonna sell dope, uh, why must you kill this other nigga? Because he want to sell dope, as if there's not enough dope teams for every goddamn body. Yeah, you don't own that corner. You're not going to be able if a police drive by to get your ass up on that corner. But you're going to kill the nigga because he's standing on the corner doing the same catch that you're doing. So from, from that from that perspective, it's not, uh, it ain't what you're doing, it's how you're doing it. You know, you don't have to kill no motherfucking body to be a dope boy. You can say you're dope without killing another nigga. Yeah. That's the best. Just because that guy's in that spot that you were standing in yesterday doing the same exact shit that you were doing, that mean that he's going to be there for 30 years. He'll be there for a few hours. You'll tear his ass. And it'll be just as many dope fiends that come by that same area four or five hours from being. So it's, it's the mindset is, if, if I can't, if I can't have it, you can't have it. And that's a crab in the barrel thing. That has, that has nothing to do with the dope. Um, um, uh, uh, other violence, really, because that exists on multiple levels. But black folks are concerned. We really do have to start internalizing our viewpoints about some of this shit. We got to start cleaning up some of this shit. I'm motherfucking stuff, and it's a mental thing. Um, it's a shift in in uh, in the way that we view this shit. Like it's either him or me. When it's enough for everybody, whatever you're doing, because you don't have to be the greatest rapper of all time and fuck all those other rappers. Yeah, you could be you could be a great rapper, and they could be great too. Go get your money. Yeah, enough. It's enough. You're not in competition with everybody. You're only trying to get to live your best life, and so you don't have to kill nobody to do that. You don't have to disrespect nobody to do that. All you have to do is put forth your best effort in whatever the fuck that you're doing, whether it's writing dope lines or selling dope, period. You know what I mean? And, and I'm, like I said, I'm nobody's judge, so... Um, yeah, but it makes sense. I don't tell what they, yeah. they shouldn't do. Yeah, but, but, but that makes sense, and that's also, that's also wisdom... Um, 
you know, that comes with, with, with age and, and awareness and, and yeah, yeah, well, no, no, I didn't. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm right behind you. So it's not, uh, okay. yeah, don't, don't, don't worry. I mean, you got me by a year. So, um, the, uh, the, but when you, when you talk about that, okay. Is there, is there a method to the madness when you're, you do talk to the youth? All right. Cause I, like I mentioned, I have a 16 year old, right? So when I'm talking to him, when I'm talking like his, his boys, they just sent me, um, a a, a, a mixtape that they just did. And, you know, when, when I talk to them about educating them, whether it's about, whether it's about music, uh, or the foundation or even street life is letting them know, uh, specifically. So, so how do you, how do you navigate those waters and, and, uh, how do you manage to, you know, be a teacher, but not yet at the same time be a preacher? Everybody's not making more money. 
Yeah, I think um, I, I I think it's smart, man. You know what you're doing and what you just said about developing a cur- curriculum, and uh, in, in able to have that, uh, um, you know, and able to uh, speak on um, guiding individuals, whether young, whether uh, you know an elder uh, or or whomever. I think it's important that that, and I, I think it's an essential responsibility that we have if we're going to be talking and I, I see you on Twitter also you you have a similar dialogue with people about spreading the wealth about not you know um, marginalizing one MC over another because more than one actually can be great and and there can be there can be a uh, like this year there's been some amazing uh, uh, albums that have dropped alongside of uh, the latest from Eminem. There's been some amazing productions that that's ha- that's been done. No one is you know better than the other, or the other does isn't bad uh, just because of you know what's out now. So I mean, I, and I see the way you, you you know I see the way your tweets are composed is to put the put the light and to give that individual who you're talking to something else to think about. Yeah, man. I mean, I just I just want to help all figure out. There's a, a, a positive way to be uh, competitive, you know. A competition is, is an essay. It's, a, it's kind of a element in hip hop that's been around for a long time. But it's a positive way to do it. It doesn't have to be uh, something that's... Uh, it's that's either or. It should be life-threatening or career-ending. Yeah. Your, your, your opinions, you know what I mean? They're just opinions, and everybody's opinions are valid. And we should all be trying to push this, kind of push this shit forward in a way that allows everybody to win, bro. It's like, that's all I get from it, because at the end of the day, all humans want us to be happy, to have money, to be able to provide for their friends and family like like the dog, right? Yeah, and, and and on that note, though, it's a, um, you know, it, it it does take, like, I can I can produce a podcast episode a week or whatever, and I can I can talk that, but when it comes from someone of your ilk, of your caliber, and and someone that 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 I don't care if it's you know my son, sixteen year old, or someone in our age group, they recognize uh, the the weight that your name carries, so. That in itself is is another chapter that I think that you know, or, or that I know that I'm happy to hear that you're on and you're you're spreading that message because Chuck is the same way. Um, since I've known Chuck and started working with him a little bit over almost a year now, uh, every time that I meet him or every time that we'll spend time talking together, it's the same way. Or you watch him on Twitter. He's guiding, and, and and he's guiding not just the youth, but everyone to be on that same playing field. Just to open your mind, because everything that's going on, as you know, 
uh, we've lived long enough, and and that's a blessing. If you're able to get to this age, it's it's a good thing. Um, it and once you once you do live long enough, you can see that this story isn't new. What some of these young cats are doing, what they're getting into, they have to go through it. But yeah. I think that if yeah. we remain silent and if we just watch, if we just you know some of the, some of the older cats, I know they'll piss and moan about this this era or this stage of hip hop or whatever but if we if we're not guiding if we're not uh communicating if we're not having an open dialogue then we're just we're just helping with the madness i would say to people when they say that they don't like the young guys they go make a record with the guy yeah go make a record with it because invariably some of you like in the matrix is going to roll off on this kid and you can help infuse this music uh, what you what you, what you think is missing? Instead of just sitting on the sideline creating more negative sort of vibe around it, get in the game. Yeah, you know what I mean. Go get in it with the young guy, man. And I wouldn't give a fuck who it was. Well, I do give a fuck. Some of these people are just like like some people have a problem with the way that they approach uh, the game itself when it when when they're whole sort of vibe and energy and how they approach the game is negative, then I'd rather not be a part of that. Because I don't know if you could pull, if I could pull uh, some positivity from some bullshit, but uh, for about 99.9% of these young cats, I would make a record with them if they, if they would have me. Because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not even a rapper or a rapper per se anymore. Since, you know, since, like, I don't view myself in the same way I did yeah. when, when I made that first record. I'm, I'm just, I'm clearly not that same guy. So I don't see myself in the in the, in the competition the way everybody else does. You know what I mean? I, I see myself differently now, even though I'm really, I'm still real good at this shit. Don't get it twisted. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but my conversation ain't, ain't the same anymore. So, you know, it's, it, to me, it's just, about trying to figure out a way that we can all win, bro. And it, it goes back to, in my mind's eye, the, 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 the way that this before the dope game, believe it or not, when the Panthers were in Oakland and they collectively, as a unit, came together to make sure that their community were the shit, right? All the bullshit. That was going on in the city to the to the extent that they could control it. Mm-hmm. They were making sure that the bullshit was at its least in their community. And that's after at the end of that, that's all you can do. Now that in itself triggered the United States government to say no, fuck that. So in my mind's eye, the United States government must want your community to be not police properly because the all that the Panthers were doing, from our perspective, was policing our community properly. Yeah. So that nobody's going to come in and uh, overregulate these streets where these kids are going to be walking, whether you are the dope man or a fake-ass police man. To them, it didn't matter, right? Because the safety was about the, those elders and those kids that were walking those streets. And so if the guys in the middle, like you and I, and people of common sense, uh, 
fight we we could do a lot more to bring back those principles uh, through just simple conversation. You know, and so that's why I respect what Chuck, Chuck is doing so much and I always try to, you know, retreat with what you guys because the basis of what you guys are uh, are pushing is ele- are the elements of hip hop. Yeah. Peace love unity and having fun. It's what it was when Cooler brought to sit out to the park. You know what I mean? So I believe in that for wholeheartedly trying to find our way back to that. Yeah, no, that. But you know, that's I'm with that. Yeah, no, and and again, that's that's a that's a a a, a responsibility that I, I believe that we have, and I think as we just said earlier on, it's too often people are, you know, a lot of the elders are dismissive. Or they're silent, um, and and you know, uh, I, I was talking earlier in the podcast. Um, you know, half the battle is showing up. I mean, you got to show up. You got to show if you're going to be if you're going to comment, you know, on something. You have to show up to have that dialogue. And 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 a lot of a lot of cats, they're not, or they're hiding behind their social media and just um, you know spewing hate, uh, in you know, in the comments uh, with no yeah. with no real solutions. Now, yeah, that's, that's, that's not where I am. Now you just hit you hit on something about Cool Herc. Were you just with Cool Herc? Yeah, I just met him for the first time. Yeah, and, you, you uh, know it's it's funny because I almost I almost took a flight out because I knew he was doing a lecture and uh, I almost took it took a flight out because I had that weekend off and then I saw that you were out there and I was kicking myself because uh, that would have been a great opportunity because I've never met. Um, I've never met uh, Cool Herc or, or yourself, um, but uh, I, I assume uh, that was a, a hell of a meeting. What was that like? I was in reverence to the man. You know, I, I, I pay, pay homage to his spirit of heart, yep. and, and I'm thankful and grateful for everything that the guy did and is going for But I don't think he even knew who I was. He kept calling me back to the man. Yeah. Yeah, I could, I could imagine. It's, it's surreal when you meet... Uh, you know, some of the iconic figures like, uh, the other day, uh, I met, uh, it was the second time I met him, but I met, uh, Red Alert and this time we got to chop it up and talk and, 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 uh, he got to know more about me and my, my, uh, um, uh, allegiance with Matt Urgency and Chuck D and, and it was, it was one of those moments where when you come in contact with someone, I, I sent out a, a text message to a friend of mine. Uh, who works at uh, Apple, and I was like, you know, if it wasn't for Red Alert, there'd be no Beats. There'd be no Beat headphones. I mean, if you think yeah. about the big picture of what Cool Herc, uh, Bam, and Red Alert, and, and the forefathers contributed, uh, you know, uh, there are commercials on that wouldn't exist. Yeah, man. I mean, and you came up in that era, too. You remember, I'm sure you remember when in the eighties, people were very dismissive. Um, they'd say rap before they said hip hop, but they were like, rap, it's just a fad. It's gonna it's gonna be gone. It's gonna be you know, it's it, it won't be here in five years. And I remember getting yeah, I remember into that. Yeah, I remember getting into serious serious debates uh in Flint, Michigan in nineteen eighty six and eighty seven about uh about uh rap music and hip hop. So uh, it, it had to have been uh, a good experience to meet Cool Herc. It was really cool. I really enjoyed it. God looked great. 
ask you this um you know you you talked uh, a few minutes ago about doing an album with a new um artist uh you would be willing to do so uh but you you're you're, you're unsure about you know what you would contribute you've contributed in the past you know whether it's um you know with michelle a nwa snoop dr dre far as writing uh and writing for easy e um wh- what's your thought on a lot of the I guess the back and forth about people dissing uh, a ghost writer. Uh, I, I think it's something that we've done, whether it's in R&B or music in general, but I think it's something that has been done, um, you know, in hip hop um, on, on small degrees. But is is there a limit in, in which an artist, do you think there there's a limit that someone should have a writer? I think the only conversation that makes sense where, where that is concerned is if, is if one of those people want to inject themselves into a GOAT conversation, right? If you, if you want to be considered one of the GOAT, the goat. then in writing, then, then you, it, it may make more sense for you to write your own shit. Yeah. You know? uh, uh, but other than that, man, it's just about making great songs. It doesn't matter who. You know, when we were writing, when we were doing NWA stuff, everybody was writing it. It's just whatever, whoever had the best verse. Yeah. That's the best that's stuff. So it wasn't about the person, it was about the song. This is the song business. It's not that he's a good rapper business. It's not the he makes good beats business. It's the song business. And, and at the end of the day, the song is the only thing that's going to survive. Yeah. It'll be the only thing that'll be here for years from now when motherfuckers is in the ground with the worms and shit. That song will still resonate. And kids will still, that'll be coming up then, will still be able to say, wow, that, that I was going to listen to the kids today, 50 years from now. Somebody's going to listen to the formula and say, wow, that kid was six months Yeah, yeah, no. They won't know anything about the wreck. They won't know anything about the hardship or the blah, blah, blah. But they'll be like, that dude was dope. Yeah, no, you and you brought that up. I saw an interview you did on Sway, how and you, and you you mentioned uh, this is one that uh, caught my attention. You mentioned the 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 two things. You mentioned being able to craft uh, um, a uh, a verse, being able to write for someone, but but also to be able to make a character. And you talked about that about you know being able to craft verses for easy, um, you know. I, I think that some people just go in and they just write whatever without thinking about the the picture that they're painting. Um, how how do you go about that? Like, how 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 do you invent? How do you create? You know that persona when you look at. You just said it, bro. You just said it. Um, uh, and everybody does it. Yeah. For themselves, they've already crafted that that character. It's called ego. Yeah. They've already crafted it in their mind. And so the songs that they're right, they're really writing about that character. Yeah. They're not writing about themselves because nine times out of ten, when you're listening to what these motherfuckers are spitting, it's not them. They would never do half that shit or never done it or, you know, would probably run from the situation. They're crafting 
Yeah. They're crafting uh, stories about the character that they created in their head. When I got the easy, he was already the character. Yeah. You know, the, the little big man, he was the shit. He, the it guy, the dope man. Yeah. You don't love him. You don't love women. And he's a gangster and blah, blah, blah. So I just wanted to make that person funny as opposed to threatening because in those days, they were afraid of that shit that they were starting to call gangster rap. They didn't want no parts of it. And you couldn't get easy. And none of they stuff on the radio. So I was trying to help them get through that. It's about to ask that hurdle, you know, by making easy stuff something that was funny and it still had an element of gangsterism to it, but it, uh, it was crafted in a way that was entertaining. You know, you went, wow, that's, that was funny, or, you know, and so white folks could hear it and, and, and they wouldn't have an angle that they could go attack it from because you could tell that it was just a song. Yeah, it's it funny. It wasn't easy. Yeah. It's funny when you bring that up, too, about, you know, being able to craft him. And one of the things that I, I, I always do when I critique, when I look at movies and stuff like that, I always say it needs more humor. If you go full on assault about, you know, uh, and, and you craft a piece of art, meaning a film or a book or whatever you're writing, and it's just all aggress- aggression uh, without any humor to it. Almost like Goodfellas. If you take Goodfellas, it's probably one of the best comedies ever made, right? But yeah. it's it's just outrageous. It, it's it, it's outrageous. It and it's true. There's there's gangsters out there like that that talk like that that do that type of stuff. And I think Easy embodied that same Goodfellas esque style that you created. But again, as you just said, it was already there. You just put the spotlight on it. And uh, added humor to it. So I mean, when 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 I think about, you know, what what you were saying about, uh, you know, you coming up with a, a curriculum, would you consider or would you ever, um, uh, you think about teaching writing to to students, whether it's uh, whether it's MCs or or just writers in general? Have you considered that? No, actually, I you know, I'm sort of a spiritual guy. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a G.O.D. thing. It's not a G.O.C. thing. I'm just trying to walk and, and talk and, and, and do the right thing. Yeah. That's where I'm supposed to go. I think that's where, that's where they'll lead me. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't have any, any apprehensions at all about trying to teach kids anything with regards to being a better writer. But I never put my, I never put that hat on myself like that. I, I really Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're... Anything I could pass, anything yeah. I could pass on, it would be my fucking pleasure. And in and, and, and closing, uh, maybe um, talk to me a little bit about your, your time in Flint, Michigan, and uh, uh, MC Breed, you know, what he meant um, to you, hip-hop, uh, or if you have any... Uh, any specific story you'd like to share uh, just because again I talk a lot about Flint uh, you know I, everywhere I go I, I, I you know I, I, when I introduce myself and when I meet people I bring up Flint and I think Flint is I always say it's it's the center of the of the universe because what's going on in Flint what was going on in Flint 
in the 80s. Um, uh, my grandmother was l- uh, lucky, lucky enough to, to uh, uh, retire from GM. Uh, but, you know, right after that, I mean, you know, it was as if someone came in, did open heart surgery uh, on a body and just left the wound open. And Flint has never really recovered, uh, even with the current uh, water crisis. But um, the time you spent uh, in Flint, what was that like? And what was that like with your relationship with MC Breed? Yeah. It's just like Dallas. It looks like Dallas. It feels like Dallas. You know, it's, 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 uh, I know it's Midwest, right? But it feels like a bunch of down south niggas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is everybody's actually. Everybody's really homie. You can stay at their house yep. and everybody gonna cook for you and that kind of shit. And Breed. Breed is a great MC and, and singer. Sang his ass off. Yeah. So that you can have something. He always, you never had, you never not had a place to stay, or never had not had food to eat, or never had uh, not had weed to smoke. If you was a weed smoker, no matter who you were, if you knew Breed, the kind of guy he was, and at that time of my life, when I met Breed, everything was just bad. You know, I was. Uh, I was really hard on myself, and it just wasn't. It just, I just wasn't in a good place in my life. But being able to hang out with Bree allowed me to get away from any kind of drama I had, uh, personal drama, because he didn't want any of that shit. <laughs> he yeah. just wanted to take it, fuck that. Let's just go do this and let's do that, and let's make the record. And I really love working with Reed because of that. You know, I gave him whatever I had. Yeah. Um, I really love him. I love him and I miss him. And he's probably my best friend fucking ever that time. Mm. Yeah, it, it, when you bring that up, it reminds me of my buddies, uh, you know, my crew in Flint. Uh, I, 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 it reminds me of one time I got a buddy of mine. He lives uh, in San Diego now. And, uh, you know, I was in... Uh, I have one in San Diego and one in LA and I was in a jam, both of them from Flint and I was in a tight jam and I was flying into LA and I needed something to be picked up, uh, for, for the job. And I didn't have anyone to call and I knew time was essential. I mean, I just, I just called my boy Dre up from Flint. He was my older brother's best friend. I mean, without question, you know, he got in his car, he was able to do the pickup, uh, and save the day. And then I had another buddy in San Diego from Flint and I had some uh, time to kill. And you know how today you have to make a damn reservation to come to someone's house? Um, I literally, yeah, I literally just picked up the phone and said, yo, I'm driving up to San Diego. I'll be there at this time. He's like, done. We're going to spend the day together. And that's that's them cats from Flint. I'm sure there's there's other cities and towns like that. But that's that mentality that you can go somewhere to escape or you could be in need, and then there are those individuals that you can count on, like uh, MC Breed and uh, you know my buddy Dre, and, and we call him Peaches, out of Flint, Michigan. Well, uh, the, the, the kind of thing, when I was, when, when Breed passed, 
I was living in California. I didn't have any money. You know what I mean? I was, I was, I was broke as a joke. And it just really hurt me that I couldn't find my way to Michigan. And that's in Michigan specifically his cousin. Heard about that shit and sent me the fare that it would take uh, to get me up there and house me so that I could come to Slam Hoss. And that's the way guys up there are. It's like, yeah. I really can't explain it any better than saying it. For me, it was like being at home. And home to me is Dallas, Texas. And so the time I spent in Flint driving fast in cars and shit, it's like being at home in Dallas, driving Dallas fast and being around Greek family. Felt like being around my whole family. And he was always trying to push these brows on me. And I didn't, I don't, you know. Um, first of all, nigga, yo, your taste and my taste is different, so I don't need to do it. I can go get my own. You know, that was my best friend, man. He was a cool dude. Yeah. He is a cool dude, and I, and I miss him dearly. Good, good. No, it's it's important, and I, I like I said, I, I, you know, when I like to get in between those cracks and those interviews where people spend a little bit, and and, and you know, I get it why they want to talk about Easy and they want to talk about Dre and stuff like that, but but uh, Flint is also near and dear to me, and I've, uh, you know, by the time I was in Flint, um, you know, I left, I had to leave or or else in. Uh, and right at 1990, 89, and I would come back though. I, I'd always hear the stories about you and Flint, and it was something like I said. We would just chop it up, and um, you know, your legend, MC uh, Breed's legend, uh, you know, is is close to us. Uh, myself, my family, my cousin, and you know, just to be able to uh, connect with you on Twitter, and um, uh, you know, and now to connect connect with you uh, through my relationship with Chuck D. Um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's full circle. And, and if there's anything that you ever need, I don't care where it is, Michigan, Washington, DC, where I'm at now, uh, Maryland, Virginia, you name it, uh, you know, myself and my team and my family will be there for you. I appreciate it, bro. Same here. If, uh, if there's anything that, that the collective needs for me and I can do it, it's not a problem, it's never a problem. Just, just, uh, just let me know. I'll take care of it. I appreciate it, and uh, I'm not going to take up any more of your time, uh, but uh, I'll uh, I'll make sure I uh, link your social media pages um, uh, to this podcast when I post it. Um, you're at West Coast DOC on Twitter, and I think you're on yeah. Instagram uh, here and there as well. What's that handle? It's at CDOC on Instagram. Yeah, and I'll post those links as well when I when I blast it out. But uh, I appreciate you calling in. All love, good folks. Have All a right. great day. Keep blessed. Yeah, thank you. Peace. Bye. Yeah, and there it is. Oh, I'm telling you, this uh, it's one of those one of those conversations that uh, I've wanted to have for a long time, and through social media, um, and and of course my. Uh, you know my my connection um, uh, with uh, Chuck D, Mad Urgency, uh, and just being active, being proactive, being positive uh, uh, on uh, social media. Uh, 
you're able to develop these relationships. You're able to connect with people. Uh, I think it's it's the it's what social media should be used for. Uh, as I've said in the top of this podcast, this podcast did run a little long, but as I said in the, at the top of it, I mean, you could easily fall victim of going into the cracks and going into the comments and just, you know, talking yang, talking out your neck, talking sideways. And we see it time and time again. Sometimes we find entertainment in it. But use that time to connect with people, to connect with our icons that are still with us, that are still influential. Listen, learn, and thank them. Thank them to their face. Thank them over the phone. Thank them on social media. Uh, when you run into other artists, they don't have to be famous. They don't have to drive Lambos and and stuff like that. They, it could be your local artist that's that's, that's hanging that, that that their art is hanging in the local gallery. Reach out, connect with them. All right, let them know how their art moves you. Uh, it's it's it it is. I believe. It is the way that we stay connected and the way that we build community. Uh, and you, the listener, um, yes, this podcast, I've been on hiatus uh, for for a little bit over a year, but this is a an, an example. Today's podcast is an example of the benefits of social media and connecting. My social media connecting with Andy Katz. And that grew into our friendship, which then uh, connected me with Chuck D. And we have our relationship uh, through social media. I'm uh, connected with Mad Urgency uh, members uh, throughout the world. And we have a friendship and relationship. Uh, and that's growing. And then um, uh, connecting with uh, the DOC. I mean, the DOC? Come on, man. Are you kidding me? That, that's all part of the relationship, the team building that we're doing here uh, at American Riddle and at Mad Urgency. Uh, so thank you for tuning in uh, for this podcast. Again, I will I will post uh, links. Uh, I'll have the African with Attitude, uh, Miriam Tazi. Uh, for those of you listening for the first time, she does have Attitude, and you will get a dose of it uh, on coming episodes. But the links will be posted on this uh, so you can follow uh, and tweet and support uh, the DOC, Chuck D, Mad Urgency, Andy Katz, and your boy, Malcolm Riddle. Domino, motherfucker.